Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kate Pittman. You can listen to me and see me on the show daily uh, now, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, and also find my words over at ESPN and NBA Australia. And joining me is the founder of brewhoop.com, longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. I'm not going to bring in the short-term face of the podcast. I'm already over it. But it's Frank. And I think this does qualify as an emergency podcast, Frank. We're actually going to do two shows today. So if you're listening to this one before you get to the Over and Under podcast, don't miss the Over and Unders. We do it every year. It's my third time doing the Over and Unders, but Frank, you've done far more than that. It's always fun, and the people were calling for it, so we're going to get to that. Uh, of course, uh, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every single day. Wherever you get your podcast, it's free. And now on YouTube, uh, Frank, like I said last time, the listeners and the viewers have answered the call. 1.2 thousand subscribers and counting a big percentage of those in Greece. We've got the Greek fans on board, Frank, and we're very happy about that. But let's, let's get to Grace and Allen. So first of all, and you can take this wherever you want, but were you expecting this? That's the, the deadline was 6 p.m. Eastern time. Well, of course, Dante DiVincenzo was a potential extension candidate as well. Uh, were you expecting this uh, with Grace and Allen? No, probably not. I mean, I, I've generally been sort of assuming that, you know, long term, they're not going to keep both Grace and Allen and Dante DiVincenzo just because... Um, you know, again, one of them long-term has to be a reserve and look, Hey, I would love it if you can keep both those guys, if they're both, you know, as good as we think and hope they could be that you retain both those guys beyond this coming season and, you know, whatever. And then one of them's just a really good bench player. Uh, but my assumption has been, you know, again, with the tax situation that the Bucks have, that most likely they would have to choose one of those because one of them can start and the other again becomes what, you know, a uh, 10 plus million dollar six man, which again is that those certainly exist in the NBA, but um, you know, you have to make choices and, you know, it's not just Grayson or, or uh, Dante, but you think about, you know, other guys and, and their situations going into next summer, you know, Bobby Portis just took that bargain basement contract. He technically signed a two year deal, but he has an out. And I think the assumption has been that he will opt out and get paid next summer what kind of understanding there might've been with the bucks. We don't really know. Um, but it creates an interesting dynamic. If there's an assumption that Bobby signed this deal on the premise that he was going to opt out and get, you know, 10 million a year or whatever it might be next summer. So you, know, you start to look at kind of the bucks cap and it's like, okay, well, if Bobby's opting out and expecting to get paid, um, Pat Connaughton has a $5.7 million player option next year. Um, again, we'll see kind of what Pat Pat does this year. Um, you know, he'll be getting up closer to 30. So whether you pay him, you know, a, a raise on top of that next summer, if he opts out, it's tough to say, right? I mean, but, but he's certainly a guy who has shown he can be a two-way guy and he was obviously a huge part of that finals run last summer. So, um, so those two guys are out. And then we haven't even talked about, you know, Jordan Wara, who's on a minimum contract right now, 
but will be able to be a restricted free agent next summer. And that one, I mean, I have, I have no idea <laughs> what, what Jordan Wara's market could look like a year from now, given that, you know, we're, we're just still trying to see if he can become a rotation guy. So, um, by the way, second straight episode, my wife just, just making noise <laughs> in the kitchen here, just, just putting on her rockets gear and just disrespecting all things Milwaukee Bucks. Um, taking our cute dog with her, he, at least our puppy who's now like enormous, uh, didn't maul me while she was here. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we don't even know what, what Wara's situation could be. I mean, he could be a guy, you know, he could be, he could be struggling to find a roster spot a year from now, or he could be a guy that, you know, commands a, a mid-level contract. I mean, it's all possible in theory, right? So there's just a lot of variables. And I think the only thing I would say is if those guys all play as well as you want them to play, you're not, going to see the bucks bring back all of them it's just going to be extremely prohibitive from a pricing standpoint and again hey it, hopefully they're all really good and the bucks pay through the nose to keep them and whatever right as we always say it's not you know your job as a fan to worry about the owner's pocketbooks but if we're going to you know apply a lens of realism um you would expect that they're going to have to make some choices there so i think the grayson versus dante one is the most obvious choice that they would presumably make just because those guys are the most similar in terms of positional fit um you know literally grayson slotting in for dante here while he's injured so again i I was surprised because i figured that they would just basically say all right you guys play this year out you're both going to be restricted free agents so if we want to keep you we can match any offers you get next summer and basically they would let the market dictate they would let the season sort of dictate kind of what happens um you know, I made a comment to someone when I, I said that I said, I basically, I said, you know, Dante probably is looking for 12 to 14 million per bucks would presumably want to, I don't know, a steep discount on that given, you know, this injury is not a simple injury and he's going to be out for, again, we're guessing, but just basing reading kind of the tea leaves that he's going to be out for a while here to start the, this, the year. Um, whereas Grayson, I thought just because he hasn't been here, it's, it's kind of weird. Like it does. I mean, I, if you put, you know, put the proverbial gun to my head, like who's the better player when healthy, I would probably say Dante just because of the defense and because his shooting did get to the point last year where, you know, he was in the 37, 38% range. So it's not like he was still kind of at that 32, 33% range. Um, but, you know, is he pay 14 million rather than, you know, eight or 9 million better, Ugh, you know, and it just seems like with Allen, his market was naturally going to be somewhat depressed because of the fact that this is his third team in four years and, you know, he kind of has to prove it and you have a potential here to sort of buy low before hopefully he has a really good season as a starter playing on a, on an awesome bucks team where he's going to have a lot of opportunities to get open looks and play off of, you know, superstars that he hasn't had a chance to, to play with in the past. So I thought it wasn't likely in part just because I figured, you know, they probably just would all want to commit to, you know, a big chunk of money to him, when you don't know what's going to happen with these other guys. And, you know, he might also just say like, I don't want to take 7 million a year or whatever, because I want to bet on myself and see what happens. Um, And so I, I sort of pegged like his range sort of in like the seven, $10 million per year range. And then a few hours later we hear, you know, nominally the high end of the range is, is two years, 20 million. Um, I think Jim Wazarski and the journal Sentinel reported it's like up to 19.5 with incentives. So I'm not sure where the reporting has gone since then, but, you know, we'll see kind of where the number ends up, but, you know, maybe it's eight, $9 million a year, more likely. Um, we'll see kind of what, 
you know, potential incentives actually look like, but, you know, a little under 10 million a year and only two years, which I think, you know, is probably a, um, what, a, what happens to the, what happens to the three year horse special, man? What's going on? I know How did Grayson bypass this. No one can bypass no, this. No, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody, no player option. What, what's going on? He's like <laughs> the only guy not to get a player option. Um, so, I, I mean, I think it's 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 fine from a market perspective. You know, if you told me that, like, just in in kind of just a vacuum, like, what do I, do I think Grayson Allen's going to be worth that contract with the Bucks? I would say I, I think he is. I think especially he's going to be worth that in the regular season. I think he's going to play very well as a starter. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit in our over under podcast about, uh, you know, what might happen when Dante DiVincenzo comes back and is he going to be a starter? Um, but I think for the foreseeable future, I think Grayson Allen is going to be the starter. And again, he's more of a role playing starter, but I think it's going to be a really good fit for him. And then I think really the big question is just going to be in the playoffs, you know, defensively, he's not as good defensively as, as Dante DiVincenzo. So, uh, you know, does that create issues? with matchups at some point in the playoffs, especially in like a potential net series, you know, you could have him run around on Joe Harris, but you know, when he gets start putting, put into pick and rolls, um, do other guys uh, start to take advantage of him more. Right. And, uh, you know, previously we would have said like Pat Connaughton, like, Oh, well, you know, can Pat stay on the floor or stay on the floor. Right. Like people always get, get uh, love to throw around that like idea of like guys can't stay on the floor. Um, Pat obviously showed he could stay on the floor and defended really consistently. I thought through the playoffs last year. Um, and I think this year that'll be a question for Grayson is, you know, can he be a guy that, um, that really can kind of defend a position in the playoffs, uh, or does he kind of get, you know, you, you hope, I don't think he's going to be Bryn Forbes in terms of just being just, you know, Bryn Forbes is too small and just too easily picked on. Um, but I think that's always a, a concern, you know, is, does a guy, because uh, again, you know, you put a lineup of their five guys, playoff offenses, like they will, they will hunt the weak link. And, you know, if you've got pretty strong defenders at every other position, you know, they're definitely going to test, test those weaker links. So I think that's a big question for, for Grayson Allen is just, you know, can his sh- shooting and offense, um, uh, you know, kind of comp- uh, compensate for potential, you know, issues he may have defensively. Or maybe he just shows up playing in a really good defensive system with really good players around him that, you know, that that concern is just sort of overblown. I mean, he has he has some decent defensive tools, obviously, with his athleticism. So so we'll see. But I think fine on the value front. I think the only the only question is, well, did you just basically commit yourself to Grayson Allen over either Dante or maybe sort of, you know, a combination of maybe some of these other guys who also may need to get paid next summer? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I do have one thought that I want to get to there, but it's, we, I guess, anticipated that we were going to have this conversation all year long and comparing Dante and comparing Grayson. And it's not to say that we're not going to do that, but now we're going to do it through a different lens because they've already extended Grayson. So we'll see where that pans out. But NBA season is starting tonight, as most people will be listening to this, which means I'm going to be stuck on the couch almost permanently for the next six months, which, uh, which means I might need to purchase a Theragun because let's be honest, if I'm sitting on the couch all day, I may as well at least be taking care uh, of my muscles. And with Theragun, sponsor of the podcast, you can uh, stop the stress of daily life weighing on your body, whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me uh, sitting on the couch being lazy. <laughs> Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric 
toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. So you can try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now to get your Gen 4 Theragun. That's therabody.com slash locked on, therabody.com slash locked on. So I guess for me, when I saw this deal and you've kind of already pointed to it, Frank, that in the end, it might actually even be less than the 220. And I think from what I saw, and it's kind of funny, I mean, you mentioned kind of the new the new flavor that you bring into the team, the new player. And we were like, geez, there's, there's some people that aren't loving Grayson Allen based on his history, Wisconsin fans, whatever. He does seem to have become very, very popular. He's everyone's favorite role player. He's going to have a massive season because he's knocking down shots. So I think in general, the consensus seems to be that 220 is a good deal. So if it sneaks under that, you'll be feeling pretty good. My, one of my first thoughts was that this is John Horse saying, okay, well, even now with Dante not being a part of that, the last playoff runs, his value is probably still seen around the league as higher than that. And certainly if you're Dante, you're not going to agree to an extension that the Bucks want to offer you right now because you missed out on the playoff run. So he probably thinks he can play and earn more money this season, which you know is certainly, we, we hope it's true because that means that he's playing well with the team. So I saw this Grayson Allen extension as maybe Horse sitting there and saying, well, this is a pretty good deal for now. And we're backing that when he plays next to Giannis and when he plays next to Chris Milton and all these guys, he's going to shoot the ball really well. We think that he can be a playoff caliber player. And by the end of this season, you might not be able to get him for 220. It might be well above that. Dante might be also above that. And then you have none of these guys. And 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 look, you could you could move in and and get an extension anyway, but that's the way I looked at it. I thought this is getting in early, locking down one of those guys. It does complicate factors with a lot of other players on the roster but it seemed like a good value deal for now. Yeah, I mean, the last two years, you know, Grayson Allen, 61% true shooting in 1920, 59% last year. I mean, those are, you know, much better true shooting numbers than, than Dante has put up. Um, and obviously a lot of that's because, you know, he's just a, a better three-point shooter, at least a more proven three-point shooter, 40%, 39% the last two years per 36 at almost eight three-point attempts. Um last year and i'm still having visions of uh grayson allen just destroying the bucks inexplicable zone defense that they rolled out in that uh second half of the game in milwaukee where the bucks just sort of like never never seemed to have any type of rhythm um so so yeah i I think you know i I think this is obviously a a bit of a gamble that they feel like you know he's gonna look really good playing in the buck system and you know i think there's definitely something to that and i think probably the fact that um you know his age and him opted to go for two years is them saying, yeah, we think actually we're like going to outplay this con- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we think we're going to yeah. outplay this contract. And so we want to get out on the market, um, you know, before he, he gets too old. Right. Uh, and he's older for, for, you know, a guy in his position, he's uh, actually just turned 26 um, a couple of weeks ago. So uh, again, you know, this kicks in after this coming year. So this takes him into his late twenties. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think I think the other piece too of those, you know, I kind of framed it as well. You know, are you kind of committing to one guy who maybe you don't necessarily know is going to be, you know, obviously the best player out of that the group that I mentioned, um, and does that you know prevent you from signing one of these other guys? The flip side is this means you've locked down at least somebody out of that group, 
And I think the advantage for the Bucks, though, is that when I talk about those, you know, that group of guys, Grayson, Dante, and Jordan Wara were all going to be restricted free agents. So obviously less risk of, of losing those guys because you'd be able to match the contracts that, that they might get. Bobby and, and Pat, obviously a different boat since those guys would be unrestricted free agents. So, you, you know, if those guys don't like the contract you're offering them or just want a different different opportunity, um, you know, they'll uh, they can they can do whatever they want. Um, and by the way, I'm just having uh, I'm just having images of one of my favorite uh, moments of kind of the, the championship celebration is is Bobby and uh, and Pat Connaughton. Uh, being interviewed mm-hmm. next to each other, sitting on the floor uh, post game six. And uh, I forget who it was. Someone asked them how much champagne they'd, they'd had and they just sort of looked at each other. And it was basically like they were uh, auditioning for like a buddy, a buddy cop show or something like that, or a buddy comedy. And they just looked at each other split second and then just started <laughs> laughing at each other simultaneously. Um, so hopefully, you know, the Bobby, the Bobby Pat uh, comedy duo can, uh, can be retained, but um, but I mean, this is, this is kind of just what the bucks are going to sort of have to be dealing with, you know, every off season is just this idea of with these role players, you hope these role players outplay their contracts, prove that they're worth more, prove that they have, you know, higher market values. And then you have to make this difficult decision of, do you pay that? Do you pay the tax that comes with that? Or do you say, you know what, we're going to have to go find the next Bobby Portis, the next Jordan Wara, the next Pat Connaughton the next Dante Vincenzo via free agency, the draft, whatever it might be. And obviously that's really hard, but honestly, if you're talking about, um, you know, being a, a GM and a front office of a contender like the bucks, that sort of becomes the challenge. You know, <laughs> you've done the hard part of getting, you know, your superstar locked up for the long term, and you've got his two all-star running mates also locked up for the long term. So that's the great news. Now the, the challenge is, you know, how do you fill in the roster around him so that, and again, I'm projecting a little bit, but I think this year's team is deeper than last year's team. You know, how do you give yourself a chance to, to be a little deeper, have a little more margin of error than than you might otherwise would? So, so yeah, I mean, I, again, th- these are you know we could kind of spin our wheels on this kind of forever. Um, but I, I think again, I I feel pretty confident. Gray Allen's Grayson Allen's going to be a very good regular season player. I think he can be a, a good postseason player that helps you win championships. And I think to be honest. I don't know what, I mean, I like Dante, but, um, and, and I, I want to be wary too of like, you know, we, I think as, as fans, you have to be careful that like the shiny new toy doesn't just kind of overpower the, the tried and true guy that, you know, and in Dante's case, like we know he has some flaws. The finishing is problematic at times. Um, he doesn't really get to the free throw line. Uh, I think his pick and roll game, you know, I, I mean, even just seeing Grayson a little bit, I think his threat as a shooter and the fact that he's just, I think just more in control and in a better finisher on the rim, I think just makes me a little more confident in kind of him as a two man game guy. Whereas I feel like Dante, even with his passing ability, just, I, I just don't feel like he's ever really kind of paid off his potential as a, as kind of a, you know, second side creator. So, um, so we'll see. I mean, I don't want to create just this constant dynamic of you have to choose one, but you know, that's obviously part of kind of the implicit, um, kind of position the bucks have put themselves in having both these guys. And I don't know, again, and, and I don't know, think this is entirely because we just saw the bucks win a championship without Dante, but whenever I've heard just the numbers turn around, you know, I mean, again, we just saw Kevin Herter get four years, 65 million. I think if Dante was healthy, I'm guessing his agents would have probably pushed for something in the, on that order. And 
man, that just seems like a lot of money for Dante. Cause even though he does a lot of like role player stuff very well, you know, I don't know. I just, I don't feel like there's like a lot more ceiling to what he's going to do. Um, which again, I don't, and I don't want to diminish his, his potential for improvement, but you know, some of the numbers you're talking about that it, it, it feels pretty steep and it feels like you're paying for the fact that he's your guy that you drafted and you kind of want to keep him rather than the fact that he's just actually really that good. But I, I don't know. What's, what, what's your kind of view on, on what Dante's market should be? Cause I feel like it's probably closer to the Grace and Allison number that he signed for than, you know, Kevin Herter, which again is a little bit of a straw man, but, um, but I, I feel like there's an upper ceiling to what Dante DiVincenzo is worth uh, in, in this league. And um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see where he ends up next summer. Let me put it that way. Yeah, well, I think, and, and let me just say, by the way, Frank, we've got two pods to do today. So 25 minutes each. We haven't even got the Bucks nets We're already at 21. And, and look, we know this is the way we go here, but we're going to get to Bucks nets really quickly. But the one thing I will say, and I think it was John Hollinger that brought it up. I've mentioned it on this podcast before, but he said that he's a guy that's probably going to be more valuable to other teams than he is the Bucks, just by virtue of the role that he's playing. And I do think they're definitely taking a different direction by paying Grayson Allen. You think about the guys that played that fifth starter position over the last few years. Obviously, last year you had Dante DiVincenzo on a rookie contract. The year before, it was Wesley Matthews on a minimum. The year before that, it was Malcolm Brogdon on a, on a rookie contract. So that they, they've actually been able to find really good contributors in that sort of second guard spot at you know bargain prices or by drafting a second-round pick or drafting a guy that can fit in and play that role. So... That's the challenge for me when I look at Dante DiVincenzo and if that value is expanded, which I think he could be a more valuable player elsewhere and perhaps expand his game a little bit and get a few more opportunities to develop other areas of his game. So that's going to be the challenge for the Bucs. If that's the price tag, are you really paying that much for a guy that you know that the role is going to be limited when you're playing in the same team as Giannis, Chris, and Drew Holiday? It's it's just the reality, reality they are in. And we've seen it from for years gone by. When you're a contender, all your role players are inflated value as well because they come in life's easy for those guys and you know they're knocking down open shots and Giannis is making them look fantastic so it's generally just the nature of being on a contender so we'll see how that plays out as we move on to opening night though uh, we know the Bucks and the Nets are getting ready to play two of the favorites for the NBA championship so if you head to betonline.ag you can check all the odds the props the lines there's a new web interface for the start of basketball season uh, with all those added extras in there, and you can check it out. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all your basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated website or mobile device today, or, or on your mobile device today, to sign up and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the twenty twenty one season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's bet online where the game starts. And don't forget about our long-term friends and long-term sponsors of the podcast, rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and then wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money. Don't spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts when you don't have to. Rock Auto, they're a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. So go to the website, rockauto.com right now. 
and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. That Locked On Bucks is obviously everyone's first listen of the day. But for a second listen of the day, why don't you check out the Ultimate Season Preview podcast? I had someone on YouTube trying to track it down, and he said it was chaos, and it was chaos. I was trying to get a word in, Frank, among David Locke, uh, the Locked On Lakers crew. There was about eight teams on there. I could, I'm could, i not pushy enough. I could hardly get a word in. And in the end, I think I just said, we're the champs. I don't really need to add much to this conversation here. You guys are all chasing us. So anyway, go check it out. It was a fun podcast. Make that your second listen of the day as you get yourself ready for opening night. But speaking of opening night, I guess the best way to start this, just looking at the injury report, no surprises really, Frank, but for the Bucks, no uh, Rodney Hood, no Dante DiVincenzo, no Shemi Ojale, and no Bobby Portis. And so I tweeted it out. I mean, your backup big is... Sandro, Mamu really the two-way player, the rookie, the second-round pick. And uh, for all our Greek listeners who, by the way, I've said are boosting our YouTube numbers in a big way, you might not know this, but last year I said that I didn't think Thanasis was going to be in the playoff rotation. And, oh, man, I, I, I had some passionate Greek fans after me saying that I was against Thanasis. So the same thing happened today. I said, Mamu really is your backup big. I had a, a Thanasis fan saying that it was disrespectful for Thanasis. Let me be clear. Mamu Kalashvili is the backup big that they have on the roster. But I don't even think there's a guarantee he's going to play. The Bucs are going to go small. They're going to go small through necessity. You're going to see lots of Pat Connaughton playing in those swing positions, playing up to the four, perhaps. You will see Thanasis out there on the floor. Jordan War is going to get big minutes, I suspect. And ultimately, you're probably going to see some Giannis at the five. I mean, this really comes down to, it's it's not about you disliking Greece. It's just about you loving the, uh, the, st- the country of Georgia is really what this really comes down to. <laughs> um just you know uh, we we saw it when zaza was here you know you just have uh an innate fondness for you know the the black sea beaches of of georgia and you know those those endless summer nights of tbilisi um that uh that that you've grown so fond for um yeah it's funny because we were messaging about it and i was just kind of like is mama really gonna play like yeah i i I guess. Um, I mean, he just put up 20 on basically the net starters yeah. uh, the other night and then pretty much didn't do anything the next, the next two games in the preseason. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely one of those, you know, out of the frying pan into the fire type situations. I, I think back to uh, the first game, I guess this would have been of the 2013, 14 season in New York uh, against the Knicks. When do you remember when I, I was it Brandon Knight, like, did he like pull his ham, like pull a hammy or something? Like, like I don't know if it was before the game or like in the first minutes of the game or something. And Nate Walters had to like play oh, yeah. basically the whole the whole game. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you don't expect to to need uh, you know the the uh, a late second round pick to have to play a major role in uh, in the first game of the season between the defending champs and um, you know the the Vegas favorites, but. Certainly, just given the way things have kind of broken here with with Bobby out, the lack of depth at the big spots, and then Shemi, who's you know not a big man per se, but you know would presumably be getting potential minutes at the four. Um, yeah, it's it's likely we're going to see some 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 Mamu, and we're likely to see some Thanasis, and that could be interesting. Um, you know, because the I think the interesting thing for the Nets is, I mean, the Nets. You know, last year in the playoffs, we saw them 
play a lot of Jeff Green at the big spots. And eventually they basically decided at you know at the very end of the series that we can't play Jeff Green against Giannis anymore. Um, in spite of Jeff Green also having one of the greatest shooting nights of his life uh, in what whatever it was, I was his game five, I guess. Uh, so, um, so, but it's interesting because this year they've obviously have Marcus LaMarcus Aldridge back. You know, you guys were talking with the Locked On Nets guys, you know, is Nick Claxton going to play? Is, is that a thing? We'll see. Um, and he didn't have course, a lot of lock A though. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's it was tough. And, and Paul Millsap is, is also, also on this roster now. So, you know, add in that to, to Blake Griffin, who obviously played well against the Bucks last year, you know, they actually have some some big man depth relative to what they had last year, and and no, I'm I'm not going to include Bruce Brown in my big man depth, but um, despite the way he plays, so uh, so yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting, it's going to be some interesting matchups. Um, I think, I think probably the uh, I, I'm you know I think the the starting five was is is probably less interesting now that Kyrie is out, just because. I assume that the starting five we'll see is the one that we kind of got used to seeing for most of the series last year or last spring, last summer, when that, whenever the hell that, that series was. Um, I would guess Bruce Brown is, is basically slotting in for Kyrie. And we saw him give Chris Middleton um, a lot of, you know, uh, uh, a lot of problems defensively. uh, And then a very mixed bag offensively from him in that series with, uh, with, you know, Brooke Lopez guarding him at times and the Bucks being able to hide guys on him due to his lack of shooting. So I, I would assume it'll be, you know, basically Harden, Bruce Brown, Joe Harris, KD and Blake Griffin, um, which we kind of know, you know, what, what to expect from that group. But obviously with, uh, with no, uh, with no PJ Tucker, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I was going to ask you and not, not that, not to diminish the importance of, of Mamu discussion, but, um, I, I think the most interesting question is how the Bucks defend Kevin Durant. And it was interesting because um, I was listening, I think it was, I think it was on Zach Lowe's podcast. They were talking about, you know, how the Bucks defend the the Nets. And he mentioned Drew Holiday potentially defending, Gian, or defending KD. And he mentioned Giannis potentially defending KD. But I think the, the very obvious answer is for Chris Middleton to defend KD. And again, not to say that that's the ideal scenario. You don't want Chris expending tons and tons of energy defensively given the load he has to carry offensively um but he's obviously done that you know going back to you know kd's golden state days and and even before that you know chris has had to defend kd a fair bit um so i i don't know i mean i think that's probably the the obvious answer is that that kd will will be guarded by chris um and you put drew on james harden but but we'll see i mean i think uh it should be fun to see, you know, even though this is nominally the same, the same group from the Nets, uh, at least in terms of the star power with Harden and KD. Obviously, this time around, we see a full strength, presumably full strength, <laughs> James Harden and uh, and Kevin Durant coming off uh, a not a very long offseason, but but an offseason nevertheless. So I don't know. I'm excited for it. I mean, what are there other specific matchups, rotation points that, that you're really interested in, especially given some of the injuries and obviously the non-injury to Kyrie that, that he's out with? Um, I, I think to your point, when you were just going through some of the guys I have with Griffin and Millsap, uh, just when you look at the big man department there, I, I don't think it's it's a major issue for Milwaukee anyway, because the Nets are a team that play those guys at the five, Durant will slide up to the four. I'm curious to see Drew Holiday against James Harden, just because we didn't see it in the postseason. And really from an intensity standpoint, I want to know, I want to see whether Drew Holiday is right up 
defended him physically like he, he would or like he has in the postseason game or if the because I because I think you'll be able to tell. I think the Bucks will be fired up for this game. They're obviously just going to get their rings. The banner's going to be there. But it's one of those nights where you never really know what to expect from the team. I always think back to the Miami Chicago game where Chicago went in and beat Miami by 45 points or something like that. And I remember watching that game and thinking to myself, it kind of makes sense. I'm like, it kind of makes sense. You know, you get the ring, the banners up there, you're, you're excited, you're a little bit distracted, you're not really thinking about this. And in the meantime, you've got this team that wants to come in and whoop your ass on opening night and make a statement. And it's a double-edged sword with the Nets because they, they doubly want to beat down the Bucks because they were the team that eliminated them. So there's some motivation there for Brooklyn. So those are the things I'll be looking at. And when it comes to Durant, I've, I've always thought that Chris Middleton was the best option one-on-one. Even in stretches during the postseason, I thought that Middleton actually made me believe that he was going to have a chance to put it, force him into a more difficult shot than P.J. Tucker. But the difference is, over a seven-game series, P.J. Tucker just did not stop. So he was the perfect guy for a seven-game series, and there's no way Chris Middleton could defend like that for seven games and still be able to do it on the offensive end. So on one night, sure, I, I think they can go to put Middleton on Durant. And, and let's face it, Frank, even though P.J. Tucker wore him down, Durant was still scoring nearly damn 50 points a night anyway. So what's the worst that can happen? We've seen it. Like, uh, like what, Durant's going to drop 50 tomorrow night? Cool. He did that against the Bucks in the playoffs. And so, uh, you know, I, he's so damn good. I think they'll probably put Middleton on him. I'm sure Pat Connaughton's going to see him at times. Maybe Thanasis will get a go and we'll see if he can defend without fouling. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be it's going to be fun. I'm excited to see basketball. I'm excited to see it uh, get going again. Obviously, the ring ceremonies are going to be cool as well. And I guess as we wrap this up, Frank, it's not on Bally uh, Sports. I want to say Bally Sports. It's not on Bally Sports, which is kind of weird. I would have thought uh, the local guys, but maybe Marcus Johnson could just chill in the stands and enjoy the night. But the TNT crew, Iron Eagle, Stan Van Gudney, what an upgrade from Marvin Chris Webber. What a day for basketball fans. <laughs> and by the way, no disrespect to Marv, who obviously had a long career, but by the end, not, it, was, it was time. Yeah, I mean, and, and as someone who grew up on NBA basketball in the early to mid-90s, um, you know, I have a lot of appreciation for Marv. He was like the voice of, you know, my sort of childhood uh, in terms of watching, um, you know, watching NBA basketball. So uh, I had more tolerance for, for Marv's, um, you know, Four, late, late, <laughs> late, late stage Marv uh, when he was just sort of like mistaking people for the wrong players constantly and, and everything. Um, and I don't think he was done any favors by spending a lot of oh. that time with, with Chris Weber, who, you know, was just, just bad. Uh, so yeah, I, I was a huge fan of Stan Van Gundy as a as a color commentator when he did it a couple of years ago, and um, the upside of him being unceremoniously fired by uh, the Pelicans after a year is is we'd get him back uh, in a better place. It's only fair, right? We have to put up with this. Bri- I mean, I guess it's, I don't I don't like despise Jeff Van Gundy as an announcer. I mean, I think he's better than Mark Jackson for sure. He makes um, me laugh. But 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 I always have just felt like, man, just give me Stan. More Stan, less Jeff, um, and uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to to that group. I, I Iron Eagle's tremendous. I mean, he's he's the Nets announcer, so it's kind of like, eh, but mm. he's the, he's the biggest pro. Didn't even you know, think about yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not worried about him. I I although I'm still confused. Like, where where's Kevin Harlan in all this? Is Kevin Har? I I thought Kevin Harlan was the number one there for a while, and like probably going to be in LA. One A, one B. I don't know. Yeah, with Reggie Miller, I guess. Um, yeah. 
So, um, so, so we'll, we'll take it, but yeah, I mean, that's the irony of this is you remember when back when the bucks were like barely on, uh, national television and people would always complain about them not getting enough national television respect. And then they get on national television a bunch. And then everybody just complains about the announcers and, and not, you know, having, especially if you're, you know, outside um, Wisconsin. Um, so like frequently, you know, you, you can't get the, the Bally sports broadcast broadcast obviously tonight there isn't there tomorrow you know yes tonight there isn't going to be one anyway but um but but yeah you know it's just it's just nobody's ever happy i guess is the the point when it comes to announcers so um but but definitely looking forward to it um and uh i think one one kind of random thing i'm looking for is i'm i'm definitely interested in james harden pick and roll now that he's you know not limited by the hamstring injury Gonna be really interested to watch sort of his pick and roll game. Um, you know, we know KD's incredible, uh, but you know, as much as he can pass, he's more about kind of his own individual game and, and creating shots for himself. Harden, I feel like, can really unlock the defense with the way that he's able to make plays for others as well. And so I'm I'm really interested to see kind of how the Bucks defend him. Mike Budenholzer, Eric Bledsoe have had some interesting tactics against him in the past. We'll kind of see what they do. I'm curious if they I mean, I don't expect them to like switch Brooke Lopez onto him very much, but, um, but I am curious to see like maybe, you know, with other guys, if Giannis is playing the five, for instance, um, you know, are, are they going to be willing to, to switch onto him? I think last, last time we saw these teams, you know, Harden really couldn't explode to the rim anyway. So there was a lot of switches and it was just kind of him settling for long threes. Obviously he's has a little bit more capability right now. So it should be fun to see kind of like the cat and mouse game between those guys. So yeah, NBA basketball it's back and um i'm i'm very excited for uh to see to see it i'm very excited for ring night i wish it i wish it was like not a 6 30 start i'm worried that a lot of people are going to miss the ring night piece because of um you know apparently it's like a 5 45 central time is when they want people in their seats for ring night which is just really early and people coming from work and stuff like that i'm just i don't know i'm concerned that it, it will not be you know as full as as we'd like it to be for something as momentous and important as ring night yeah, 9.45 a.m. ring ceremony in Australia. I'm concerned I won't be awake. Uh, no, no, I will be. I'll, I'll be awake. I'll be ready to go, of course. Uh, it's going to be fun. Basketball's back. We'll have the post-game show after what is hopefully a fun night. But, hey, even if the Bucks lose, we can fall back on just talking about the ring ceremony and the reactions of the players. So, really, we can't lose tomorrow for Bucks Nets. It's going to be fun. As you pointed to, 6.30 p.m. Central Time. Uh, we will have the post-game show. And depending on what order you're listening to these things, make sure you check out the Over and Under podcast as well that uh, we are about to record as you're listening to this. So for Frank and myself, uh, enjoy the game. Enjoy opening night. The defending champs are back on the court. We'll catch you guys tomorrow.